the best advice I can give myself as a dad is to spend one-on-one quality time with each son. Hi there. Welcome and thank you for listening in. I'm super stoked to have you with me. My name is Philip Hartman and Being Dad is a show for dads. I meet and speak to unique dads, asking them to impart their wisdom and to share their experiences as dads with us. The reason for being dad is my own story. I became a father five times within 13 months. Yes, five times, 13 months. I was seriously underprepared and I struggled to find inspiring content for myself. By meeting and connecting with these men, I'm trying to learn all there is about being a dad. We cover heart-to-heart topics between two dads and our aim is to inspire other fathers. And with this, hopefully we can make a positive impact on families around the world. Hey, thanks for listening in. My next dad's name is Hao Lam and Hao's story as a dad is powerful and super inspirational. Hao is a refugee and a dad of two, 20 and 23, originally from Vietnam, now living in Seattle. He's been married to his wife Lisa, whom he met in a refugee camp in the Philippines for 27 years. As a youngster, Hao spent 12 years trying to escape Vietnam. He was a street kid and he refused formal education from the country that had held his dad as a prisoner of war. He eventually made his way to Canada. He managed to graduate from high school against all odds and then against all odds from college. And he went on to create, again against all odds, Best in Class Education Center, which is now one of the largest education franchises in the US. How amazing. In the session, we discuss Hao's journey, his own upbringing and escapes from Vietnam to becoming an entrepreneur and a dad. Hao shares openly about fatherhood during hardship, his own mistakes, his regrets and his learnings as a father. Very interesting also, Hao compares Asian and Western parenting culture and I really, really learned a lot. The most powerful takeaways from me as a dad were... If I'm not going to die, it is probably not such a big deal. Am I treating my parents as well as I'm treating my children? The more you push your children, the less they will want to come. And always tell your children that you love them and do make time for them. Ah, one more thing. I've had a few requests for this and so I started to give keynote speeches on how we can empower dads and how we can facilitate family success based on the learnings from these sessions. If you'd like to book a talk with me on Zoom, please do reach out via dedicated.com or just use my LinkedIn profile. I'll put it in the show notes. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you. All right. And with this, without any further ado, here is Hao Lam. Please enjoy and thank you for listening. Ciao. So just for a quick intro and then I'll ask you to give a more elaborate intro. I know that you are originally from, uh, well, you grew up in Vietnam. Your parents are Chinese. Um, you had to, uh, you're a refugee from Vietnam because you had to flee the country, right? Or you wanted to, you'll probably go into that. That was a very, very powerful story. I know there's also a powerful story about your dad, which I'd love you to share. Uh, you live in the US today after originally, uh, being in Canada for a while, right? And now you have two sons today Correct. and you're married. Yep. Uh, first of all, uh, Philip, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be on uh, Dedicated.com. I think one resting connect us and it's such a privilege and honor to be here. You are absolutely right. I was born in Vietnam. My dad was from China, so he left his 
country when he was 14 years old, and I was born in uh, Vietnam. So I'm a Vietnamese Chinese. Both of my parents are Chinese. When I was seven years old, uh, on April 30th, 1975, it was the darkest day of my life because it was the fall of Saigon. It was the day my father disappeared. So when we talk about dad, now I have son, I know, you know, how, how, how devastated we were. When I was 17 years old, I never heard from my dad. We thought he was dead. Um, the, the, the happy ending was that he actually showed up a year later. He was captured. He was one of the POWU. He fought alongside with the uh, U.S. Uh, Army, and he was captured by the communists coming from the south. So a year later, I was eight years old, and he showed up. He was half of the size, right? My dad was, he's not, he's not very tall, Philip, but he was like very choppy, and I couldn't even recognize him. And then the first thing he said, hey, I was so happy to see my dad. He said, son, this place is not for you. You have to leave the country. Remember when you were eight years old, Philip? What is that even supposed to mean to an eight-year-old? You have to leave the country, like, Gonna leave my parents, gonna leave my country. Yeah. Yeah, that's a quite a concept. Quite, yeah, yeah. So so for an EU that I, I I was shy, I didn't know what I was doing, you know, and then and then for the next 12 years, I did not go to school. My mom was a school teacher, ironically. So <laughs> she know how important education was. I was such a bad kid. So she had a math tutor and a Chinese tutor come to my house and gave me one hour. Like she only paid them one hour a week, right? That's how much probably she could afford. So that was basically my formal education. For the next 12 years, between the age of eight and 20, I didn't do anything but try to escape from Vietnam. Imagine it. Tried it every single year, every time there's an opportunity. It, hey, Philip, it wasn't applying for a visa get on the plan, okay? I am talking about sneak out the country on a boat. Right, it's like I know. Last time you said people shot at you, and yeah, <laughs> it's like so. So it, it, during those twelve years, I have experienced a lot of things. Almost die multiple time. I was shot at. I was captured. I was in jail. I was running, and then I was shot at. You know, when 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 we get caught, like almost get caught. A lot of people get caught, and then it was like people don't stop, like me, and then they were shooting at us, and, and I got bullet hole under my armpit. So it was like, it, 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 it was insane. But again, long story short, after 12 years, I finally made it to the Philippines. My last trip was a 49-foot wood bow. 146 people on the boat. We were packed at like sardine seven days a night without water. It wasn't very long. I mean, I, when I was in a refugee camp, there are people who have been there for like two weeks a month. So we finally got into the Philippines. A couple of people didn't make it and die during the trip. So when I was in the Philippine refugee camp, I stayed there for a year, Philip, right? So I stayed there for a year and I learned the alphabet. I learned my first uh, 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 English language. So English is my first written language, although it's my third spoken language, right? So I speak Chinese at home. That's amazing. I want to go back before we go into the next country. When your dad came back as a prisoner of war, how was that for for you? How did you perceive him as a dad and how did he act? I know he worked really hard coming back. 
Oh yeah, yeah. But how, how was back. like how was family life? How was how was he as a dad? How how did you perceive that as a child, other yeah. than wanting to leave? He he was pretty quiet, you know. Um, he just you know uh, he was he changed a little bit when he came back. He was more quiet. He doesn't uh, because in the re re-education camp it was torture you're gonna put the work at night and then back to the cave gym at eight time he didn't talk much about it because he doesn't want to bring back the memory but but something mm -hmm. that 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 i remember vividly he got shot in the leg the bullet hole went through from the back through the front so that was a hole but of course there's no doctor because you're a prisoner they don't really care i mean the worst case they just chop up your leg he thought that he, they're gonna chop up his right leg so um They were they were given food and all that, so he traded the food with some cigarette so that he can use yeah. that to heal the wound, right? And then he oh, used some tobacco cloth. in it. Yeah, yeah. use some cloth, you know. And he said he just like a shrink going through, and then and then clean the hole. Imagine like that, flossing. right? It was painful. <laughs> flossing, it's like flossing the teeth. He flossed the hole. Wow. Yeah, and then he also tried to get those cigarettes and also um, exchange some salt. Salt will kill the germ and all that. Mm -hmm. And he still had to work. I mean, he's just... Yeah, so so they thought... That's quite hardcore. I mean, yeah, they that's, thought that's they had to cut hardcore. his leg off, you know, but luckily it yeah. healed. So, I mean, when he walked, you can tell he was limping, but at least he still have two legs right now. And um, so, so as a dad, you said he was just quiet? Yeah, After he, he was, came back, he or? was quiet, and and our life is not the same, right? Because in my family, we have when communists took over, right? So my mm -hmm. there's one person in my family is not communist, right? So when I went to school, when I tried to go to school, I did not get the education that you normally get in the U.S. Yeah. or other country. It was brainwashing. It was communist propaganda. So I didn't go to school, and then they just hey. You go back home and spy on your family. If your dad do anything bad, if your mom or uncle or grandma, just come report. You got a reward, but we threw them in jail, right? Like, right? They brainwashed wow. all the kids. So, so because they keep an eye on my family because of my dad, right? So I didn't got a yeah, lot yeah. of future. There are a lot of things that we couldn't do. So, so, so dad was really quiet. He just didn't do. He just, he just didn't want to do anything. He just try to make. We try to work and make ends meet. That's it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah crazy and a yeah. re-education camp that's a <laughs> evil name actually for you know prisoner oh, yeah, of war yeah, yeah. concentration yeah. camp so basically they were all put to work during the night time mm -hmm. and then back to the cave during the day right so that nobody mm -hmm. can see them and then um unfortunately uh all the american soldier were got chained so he mm -hmm. did not get chained so they actually mm -hmm. chain them together, so you can't run. <laughs> That's inhumane. And yeah, well, you, okay. you, you, you watch the Rambo, right? So that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And your mother, how was she? Uh, she is a uh, um, um, school teacher. She taught elementary school, and then she, she mm -hmm. just have to, to work to make ends meet, because when, when my dad was gone, you know, like, she support me and my sister and the family. And I live with my yeah. grandma. My grandma have a little grocery store in the front of the house. And that's how I grew up. I mean, grocery store is not like Safeway or Albertson here. It's like you, yeah, yeah, buy, you buy rice by the cup. You buy soy sauce by the spoon, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I know this from Africa, of course. You know, I'm living in Cape Town, so exactly. I've been traveling so, Africa before. Yeah, I learned, they, they I learned how to do business from my grandma and also my dad. My yeah. dad, he's just chopped wood when he came back home. So he also had mm-hmm. a business, but not 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 really a business. But you can call it a business. It's not something really sexy. So he just buy a big piece of wood and you just chop them up into little pieces and then just ride a tricycle and send it to the restaurant and all that. It's labor work. It's not even that a fish it's like, you know, chopping wood and, you know, sell it out, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah not, not sexy is a nice way to describe it. <laughs> it's, yeah. That's hardcore. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's hardcore. It's, it's labor work, right? It's, it's yeah, yeah, basically labor work. Yeah. Yeah. And so if I get it right, your family is now also in the States or in Canada, some of them still here. Huh? What's my the parents again? are in Canada right now. And my younger sister is uh, here with me in Seattle. He married Seattle. someone here in Seattle, just like myself and in here. And then both of them are in Vancouver, British Columbia. Unfortunately, I haven't seen them since the end of February because I couldn't cross the border. I haven't seen them for seven months now. So. From I talk Corona. to them twice a week. I call them a lot. But we're not able to see them. So once in a while, my uncle get in and then just FaceTime me because they are too old. They have a flip phone. They can't even use a a a smartphone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad couldn't and hear. And how are the so, culture? Yeah. yeah, sorry, yeah, you go. Sorry, my 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 dad couldn't hear well. So when I talk to I talk to my mom a lot because he didn't hear me. So if I need to talk to him, I have to scream on the phone because he had hearing problems. How was your How was the cultural difference? Like, I mean, you can compare this now, right? With the States and Canada and Vietnam, and you probably understand the Chinese difference as well. Can you, from a dad's perspective, like if you would generalize as much as you can, like Chinese, Vietnam, US, what are the main differences or the majority? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Asia, it's similar and not much different between the Vietnamese and the Chinese, but with the mm-hmm. Western cultures, is is very, very different. So for example, I'm over 50 years old, right? My mom and mm-hmm. my dad never said, I love you. Never did. Mm-hmm. Even today. Because it's a culture, right? Yeah. Never hugged my mom. My mom, my, my mom never hugged me. Of course, mm-hmm. she carried me when I was little, but when I grew up, they, they never do. It is a culture, right? So the Asian culture, if you get a B, they will get mad at you. Why do you get an A? If you get an A minor, they still get mad at you. Why do you get an A plus? Right, mm-hmm. but here we have the culture of hey, you try your best, you know, and and all this stuff. It, it it's different, and I need to learn. I need to adapt, right? Because I I left when I was twenty, so I inherit a lot of those things. It, I, I know my parents love me, but they just don't say it. So mm-hmm. it's hard for me to change to. So I'm in between the Western and the Asian world, yeah, right? Yeah. So I told my Two sons that I love them, but I don't do it as often as people here, the Canadian or the American. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I still hug my son, but n- not a whole lot. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, so, so, so that's a culture different between the Asian and, and the Western. Maybe my family, I can speak for Asian, but, but in Vietnam, I don't see people hugging their son and all this stuff. We don't. I mean, when I was little, there was still physical punishment. Now it's illegal, but back then it was legal. I got beat up, you know, by my mom a lot. Of course, I deserve it, Philip. If you read my book, like, it's a different <laughs> of story. Of course, you right? do. Like here, you get. <laughs> but I mean, is family important? It is, of course, important, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Family Absolutely. ties are very. 
Yeah, but it, yeah. there's a lot, lot more tradition, or uh, not tradition. I would say more respect, kind of a more respect situation. So it's more of a hierarchy, so to speak. If, if you that, that's not the right, right word, it's more like you yeah. bow. It's more of a hierarchy right now. My my son and I are like friend. I don't mm-hmm. owe him what to do. I said, "Hey, may I suggest this? What do you think of that?" Like my mom said, "You do this, period." Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. like. And now I learn it, right? Because it's in Philip, it, it, it's between a pull and a push, right? I said, you know, yeah. and then of course I I don't push anymore. I just go, hey, we're going out for dinner. Would you like to join us, right? But yeah. before I learned that, I said, hey, we're going to dinner. You're going to come with me, and he doesn't want. But you also learned that. You said, how how was that? Because can you share that that story? Say that again. What did you learn? But you also had to learn that as a dad, right? To oh, make yeah, that yeah, culture yeah. Because, shift. Because Can you share I, that story? And I, I made a lot of mistakes, right? Hey, hey, Philip, it's not like we 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 have 120 kids and then we learn day one and two, right? I made a lot of mistakes yeah. and you'd be a dad once or twice or three times. Uh, 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 and that's it, right? My older son, I made a lot of mistakes. And then the second son, I think I'm a better dad because I made mistakes and I don't repeat the same mistake. It's hard, right? Uh, for example, just an example of like going out for dinner. So when we like, for example, once a week, we like to have a family dinner and I want to grab the kid. And then the more you push, the more they don't want to come. So my older boy is like, when he was younger, we just drag him out and, and just go eat whatever. And then later on, um, and he, he, he refused to come because he just doesn't like to be pushed to go. So we tried different methods. Okay, so later on when he got older, we just went without him to begin with. And then he was a little shocked. How come I wasn't, you know? And then we wait until he asked, can I come? It's like, hmm, that's interesting, right? Because before you force him to go, now you don't even ask him. And then once he asks us, so every time we go, we flip the table. Hey, we are going out for dinner. We're going to have Korean food today. Would you like to join us? And then he pretend he's thinking, mm, Korean food, yeah, I like to join. <laughs> oh, no, I don't. So when you do that, yeah, 50% yeah. of the time he'll come. But if yeah. you force him, 100% of the time he won't go. Zero times he will come. Give them and an just option, for context, Philip, how old are they now? Uh, I have a 23 and a 20, 20 right now. 23 and 20. 23 and 20. They, 23 going to school in uh, Canada and my 20-year-old going to school in University of Washington here. He's home. Yeah. Because okay. school is uh, virtual right now. Okay. I want to jump back to, to the story of, of, of um, fleeing Vietnam. So you said you, you got to the Philippines after the wooden boat yeah. and you stayed in the camp for one year, right? Exactly, one year. And you then learned my... English as a first, yeah? Go ahead. How was family in the camp? I was by myself. There wasn't any family yeah. at the camp. I was, I, I accept myself. And luckily I met this uh, beautiful uh, woman on a love boat. Um, mm-hmm. And then I met her in the camp. I was illiterate. Uh, she spoke French, English, Vietnamese, Chinese. She taught English and French in school. And I said, hmm, that was pretty awesome. So let me study hard to see if I can win her heart. So um, I try really hard. Uh, to study really hard, and then we just celebrate our 27th anniversary. So um, it is so awesome. What's your yeah. wife's name? Uh, her, her name, her first name is Lisa. So Lisa. we are different worlds, awesome. right? Yeah, different worlds. She's like super, 
you know, delicate and beautiful, you know, well-educated. I was a street kid, right? So, but, but uh, a lot of hard work, man, a lot of hard work. So um, <laughs> I study very hard. I study English as a second language. I uh, stayed there for a year, and then my uncle and my my um, and my uh, uh, grandmother sponsored me to a little town in Canada called Prince Rupert, uh, uh, BC. So um, I, when I was in the Philippine refugee camp, I had a dream, Philip. My dream is to become a student because I haven't been in school after the communists took over. So I want to yeah. feel what a student's like. Like for for a lot of you listener, you actually. I'm very lucky because you go to school or not that you probably don't experience. I haven't seen people who didn't go to school. So I just, I mean, at that time, uh, Philip, I, I didn't know that I am able to earn a high school diploma. I just want to be a student. I just want to experience. I don't, I didn't know what a high school diploma mean. I don't even care what that is. I just want to be a student. So um, and you were 20 hey? at that time. You were 20. Yeah, 21 when I got there. So 21, I went, yeah. went to high school, took a test. And then they said, hey, I got a good news and a bad news for you. I said, what is this? The good news is education is free in Canada. I said, great. And the bad news is you can't get it. And I said, why? Because you can't, uh, um, uh, your English is not good enough. So they point to a college nearby. It's Northwest Community College. So I went to college for a year. And, you know, community college is different, right, Philip? It's like you go there, you're adult, you learn by yourself. That's not the experience. I can get a GED, right, General Education Diploma. I don't care about a GED. I want to be a student for one year. Just let me be a student. So a year later, I went back. I took the same test and I passed. Maybe I got sixty-five <laughs> percent or whatever. Or maybe they just say, "Hey, let this guy be in." So I went. Let in, this I, crazy guy. He's going to come next year again. So just let's get it over with. Yeah, get it, get it over with. He's going to come back again and again. Exactly. Right? So 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 they accepted me. So I officially graduated from high school at the age of twenty-three with a whole bunch of crazy kid. Uh, but of course, nobody knew I was 23. People thought, you know, I was really skinny. I was dark. You know, people thought I was like 16, 17. So I didn't tell anybody my age. I think teacher, probably principal, no, but it doesn't really matter. And then, and then, oh, that was easy, right? And then um, uh, four years later, um, I, I went to uh, University of British Columbia. I, I finished school from University of British Columbia. So 23, I finished high school, 27, I finished college. And then I moved down to um, Seattle to be reunited with the lovely lady that I, whom I met on the boat. So we got married when I was in on campus. So I moved down to Seattle. And then oh, I lived she here wasn't with you in then. Canada, Lisa. Was that? Lisa wasn't in Lisa, Lisa wasn't with you in, at no, first no, in Canada? No, no, we were separated because she went to New York because we wasn't family, right? So her brother was from New York. So... Um, okay. Uh, flew her to New York, and then I was a sponsor. I was in 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 Vancouver. Okay. Yeah. So you had to sort out visa stuff and family. So separated, and, and then mm. yeah, and then um, when I graduated, we have two choices, right, Philip? So either she moved up north to Vancouver, or I moved down south. Yeah. I was looking for a job. I had no job. She had a job, so it's better for one person to look for a job or two people. So I moved down to Seattle, right? And I had a degree in mathematics. I didn't know what to do, so I am very passionate about education. So I taught math. That's how yeah. I start my business. And so you were um, how long in Canada on your own? Uh, Eighty nine to ninety five. So seven years. I lived there for seven years. 
But you were together for the seven years. No, uh, we got married when I was no, no in Canada we were together. She was in the U.S., so I got married. Yeah, yeah, but you still were married. Yeah, she's so you in got Seattle, married so in the camp. Yeah, and then you got separated, no, but no, you stayed got, married. No, we got married when I was in Canada. Okay, sorry, I completely mixed that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we were dating when we were, yeah. So we were separated, okay, okay. And, and then we met each other back, and then I got married in '93 when I was in uh, uh, school, and then um, when I graduate, we have been married. So I moved down to Seattle. Okay. Now yeah. I get it. And okay. we couldn't have afford to have kids for the first few years because I, I couldn't even make ends meet. I When I came over to Seattle, I have nothing. So from Vietnam to the refugee camp, nothing. Refugee camp to Canada, nothing. Canada to uh, US, nothing. I had nothing but student loan then. You know, so um, I, 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 I love math. I love teaching. Couldn't afford to have kids. So I started my own business. And then a few years later, we, we had our first kid. How long from... The camp to the first child? Uh, six, seven years. Okay. So I uh, married after, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, my first child, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> What yeah. a story. And so tell us about your business. I know you've got a school actually with quite an amazing business. Just, just yeah, tell so us about that. Uh, I graduated in April in 1995, Philip. I uh, moved to Seattle and signed a lease in downtown Bellevue and put up a sign and try to teach math. I had no clue what I was doing, my friend. I had <laughs> no not. idea. I just and then and then all my friend and family said, hey, "You are crazy! Like nobody yeah. learned math here. Nobody tutoring. I mean, are you sure you better go get a job? Like, why are you starting a business?" And and for some reason, the landlord is willing to sign a lease. I had no credit, no nothing. But long story short, I had a, I had a little uh, office, like six hundred square feet, put up two table. Uh, I was solo, right? I was the CEO, CFO, CJO, janitorial officer. You do everything. Like you answer the phone, uh, correct paper. My English wasn't very good back then. You know, I, I, English is an ESL, right? But again, I don't need a lot of English to teach math. So word spread, I was very, very passionate uh, about, about it. So uh, of course, first two years didn't make money, still Uh, my wife had a job that she support the family. And then later on, we have kids. Fast forward, uh, 15 years later, I see the trend in tutoring. I'm very passionate. So I franchised the business in 2010. So as of pre-COVID, we are close to 70 locations in 12 states. So uh, we, we wow. closed a few during COVID. But um, so we are one of the uh, one of the largest uh, education franchise in the U.S. I mean, ironically, right? The, the kid who didn't even go to school was street kid, learned the language when he was 20 years old. Now he run an education franchise. You know, so pretty. I'm, I'm pretty it's happy called Best in it. Class, right? It best in Class Education best in Center. Class education Center. We are the best yeah. in class. I like it. Yeah. And do you, just a quick COVID question, but I really don't want to go into COVID because everybody's over it. Yeah. But just for your business, it must have been devastating. Are the centers all closed or can you maintain a few of them? Yeah, yeah. Only a few of them, you know, open it, depending on where it is, you know, Texas and, mm. and all this stuff. But I, but Philip, I want to go back a little bit about my experience being a dad during those yeah. difficult times. So mm -hmm. because of my background, I was chasing the wrong thing because I was chasing money. Mm -hmm. I was hungry. I was poor. 
uh, like Simon Sinek said, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And I didn't find my why back then. I didn't enjoy EO. I didn't hang out with a lot of like-minded people. I miss a lot of opportunity to grow up and spend quality time with my kid. So I was always doing two or three things. So why why I was having an an, an education company? I was a real estate agent. I had a real estate company. I have a mortgage company. I always do two or three things because I was not financially secure. I was insecure. So I just wanted to make a lot more money so that I can provide a comfortable life to my kid. I made a big mistake. So if you're listening to me, like spending quality time is important. It doesn't matter how much money you have or nice clothes or a good house or a nice car. I think I miss the quality time with them because I work seven days a week, right? I teach between 4 and 9 p.m. So when I get home, they're already in bed. And then in the morning, we went to school. So I don't get to see them on weekend. We teach weekend. So basically, both of my child go grow up without a dad, even a dad is living under the same roof. So if and I when did you to, change that? What happened? How, how did you realize that? And because I yeah, know you changed that, can you share yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I changed a lot. Maybe five, six, seven, eight years ago after I joined EO and and all the stuff. But 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 one thing that uh, that that hit me hit me really hard is that. I didn't know I was wrong back then, you know, and, and business was hard, Philip. Like I had a job, like, if you had a job, you got a stable income, you spend family time, you do vacation, weekend. But someone like me is always on the go. Business is up and down. Making money wasn't easy, right? So I am like 90% focused on making money. And I even remember uh, uh, my my wife told me, how could you please slow down? The family needs you. And you know what I said? Every year I said, can I get two more years? Can I get two more years? Can I get two more years? So I don't have work-life balance. So every time we have out at dinner, I was on a call, right? So so I regret. I mean, I, I pay a big price. I don't have a very good relationship um, with my older boy because I, I was very, very harsh on him because to me, everything doesn't come easy, right? I work very, very hard to earn a dollar, to earn $2. And when I see he slacked a little bit, I was very upset. Why, you know, working hard, very hard. Of course, it was wrong, but back then I didn't know it. So yeah. I hope I can share if you're listening and, and just tell your kid, I love you because it is very important to spend more time with them. So, mm-hmm. so after six, seven years, um, like probably I, I joined you about seven years ago, I uh, hang out with a lot of people. When I joined you, I didn't know what I expected. I just want to grow my business again, right? It's like nothing. Mm-hmm. Like my life is about business, nothing else. Making money. Mm-hmm. But I was wrong, right? There's so much, right? Personal health. I lost probably 40 pounds between, you know, um, uh, my my peak and, and today because I take good care of myself. I exercise. I take good care of my family, right? It's the family, personal, your, your business occupation and, and the community charity. I do some charity work and all that, but before I did, so I spend now, of course, it's a little too late for my older boy. I change it, you know, it's but getting better, it, but it's, still. I mean, he's only 23, right? Yeah. So, so we still there's have a lot of, a lot of time. 
yeah, yeah but teenager thinks differently right i mean mm. i and my 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 younger son right hopefully i mean luckily i i i changed when he was still young so i'm i'm, yeah, I'm grateful i'm lucky that i had a very good relationship with my younger boy at least i think i am so we we hang out a lot we spend a lot of one-on-one quality time and before covid we you know we take you know a one-on-one trip and we just you know a day night just me and him my wife got jealous sometimes but she had her turn i just grabbed my son <laughs> and he just like, out for dinner and then my wife's yeah. like am i eating dinner alone yeah my son said mom you know you had dad last week you know it's like so i love the one-on-one time we talk a lot we talk like one-on-one time is so great i learned this from warren but the thing is the the, the only thing that you couldn't do if you have a one-on-one time with your child's lecture you can talk about anything yeah. but you cannot yeah, yeah. lecture once you lecture you are done yeah it's People over do it, yeah right yeah because but can you of, go to canada and speak to your others what's his name the older son or what's both both the names uh, lewis and albert yeah yeah i can but but now we can cross the border and hopefully someday yeah, you know he'll will will heal i hope he's listening and and he know that i love him dearly and you know i always want to have the opportunity to to be a good friend right i'm now i'm i'm his father but i want to be his friend right like it's important yeah. to be a friend yeah yeah, yeah one on one yeah. trip i'm holding yeah, some to you guys yeah, yeah. I, I hope i i offer a one on one trip with him to anywhere mm. in the world he want you know like one two week on me he said thanks that uh, let me think about it that's what he said yeah there's uh, it's I a pain I guess you know like hurt. yeah yeah hopefully send him this link <laughs> off off you go for a nice trip yeah. yeah I mean yeah look I mean that's that's what you said you know you the problem is you make a mistake the first time and, and only then you realize it's a mistake if you if you just don't know and that's that's the whole reason for the podcast I found there's not enough resources for dads so I started speaking to other dads because like you know during the journey where we had all these children, I couldn't really find any any inspiring or good content for fathers. There's mm-hmm. a lot of content for mums. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of content for parents mm-hmm. uh, as as joint, both fathers and mums. And it's no problem. The problem is just there's nothing for dads. Yeah. <laughs> and and I really think that's still the case. And, and I mean, now it's amazing because I get to speak all these amazing dads around the world sharing their experience. And so I, I really, really love it because I get all these insights and hopefully I can leapfrog um, one or two experiences or mistakes um, and learnings, you know, and yeah. successes. Yeah, I'm and, learning and every day too. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. And yeah. listen to them, right? Like listen to understand whether you have a good day, a bad day. Sometimes my son had a bad day. Dad, I'm so mad. I got a B minus mm-hmm. on my test and all that, right? Like my old me would be like, why? Why do you get an A? What's wrong with you? Why don't you study hard? Did you not study? Like you have all this negative thing, but now we try to understand, right? I'm sure some of us, not everybody's guilty of that, but especially where I'm coming from, that's how my mom treat me, right? So, so uh, 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 because she was a she was a, a teacher in school, right? Like I mean, she was mad at her student and all the stuff, but like now I'm more understand. Hey, son, it's okay. You try your best, and what did you learn? It's okay. I mean, it's not in the in the end of the yeah, world. B minus is very good. I yeah, never when had you get B-minuses. when you go go part five or job, then I'm gonna look at your transcript. No one cares. Happy? Yeah. Did you learn anything from the class? Right? Who's your friend? Yeah. Try to be understand. And he, he kind of understand your. The, the most important thing is Philip. We want to be on his side. If you're on his side. 
he will talk to you regardless of what conflict it is. Right, that's the thing I learned. So, for example, if he had a conflict with with a friend, as long as you are on his side, he will tell you. Once you get the information, you listen, you empathize, you repeat it back, and then you say, "May I recommend? What do you think if you were to do this and all the stuff? Always make some suggestion, be respectful, be his peer, never like a father." Right. If I want my son to do anything, I never make a comment and on order. I said, "Hey, son, I need some help. Do you think you have time to do this? It's okay if you don't. Always say that." And then he feel very comfortable. If he doesn't have time, he will let me know, and I won't get angry about it. I know that sometimes I push a little bit if I really need it, but I I know that he will genuinely help me if he has the time. Mm-hmm. It's always a two-way street, and he and he asked me politely, so hey, Dad, my my son doesn't have a driver's license yet, for example. So you want to go anywhere, right? Like he just, hey, hey, Dad, I I want to go to this play with a friend. Do you think you can drive me? Before he made a commitment, right? So it's yeah. a two-way street. I said yes, I can. Oh, oh, I cannot. Can Mom drive you? Right? Otherwise, they'll make a commitment. Dad, I need to go somewhere. You're gonna drive me, right? So it's always a two-way street. We respect each other. I know that from the last session, you took your dad to to China, right? To the oh, village yeah. where he grew up. How yeah. was that story? Can I? Oh my God! Can you say I mean, that? Yes, yes, absolutely. See, the thing is, unfortunately, I can speak from my own experience, but I couldn't speak for anybody. A lot of the time. We have to ask ourselves: Do we treat our children better than we treat our parents? Let me ask you that, Philip. Yes or no? Do you treat your children better than you treat your parents? Yes or no? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Right. So, when my son was 16 years old, he loved playing badminton. He's a national team and all that. He just casually say, "Hey, Dad, I wish I'd go to China and learn how to play badminton." I took it for heart. I actually, I took him to. To China one year when he was ten years old, I had a trip in China, and then my wife complained, "How come uh, every time your son's birthday you are outside?" So I bought him a ticket. Father and son went to China, but let me go back to the badminton. So I said, "I mean, he just said it casually." So mm-hmm. I kept my I kept my mouth shut. I didn't say anything. So I planned a six week trip with him in in Guangzhou, China, for him to learn badminton. I bought a ticket. I let him know like he couldn't believe it. I drop everything, father and son. So we spend six weeks. I live in a two-star hotel in China because it's right across from his badminton training facility. So that you know, because in China the cultures they have a nap in the afternoon. So when he come back in a nap, he can walk across the street. So I actually work in the middle of the night because we have fifteen-hour time difference. I was going to say running a business in the meantime. Yeah. <laughs> so I sleep in the daytime when he when he play badminton. Yeah. So I eat with him. So we always eat out. We eat out every day because the hotel you can't cook, right? So three yeah, meal yeah. we eat. We eat out every day. We do the laundry and all this stuff. So we spend six weeks together, and then we did it again the second year. And then he appreciate every morning. He just say, "Hey, thank you, Dad. Thank you for being here with me." He's so appreciative, and I was so touched. I said, "Oh my God, I do that to my son. Why don't I do that to my dad?" So I asked my dad. I said, "Dad." What do you think if I take you back to China to your hometown and spend a couple of weeks with you? He looked at me, unbelief. How, how said, old was he? And you? 
how was he about 10 years ago? He was like 70 something. Mm-hmm. And my mom was in a better health. She could take care of us. Now my mom couldn't even walk. She had a walker. Now I wish I did. And, and, and Philip, I wish I took my mom. I treat my mom the same way, the same trip, because I thought that my, my, my dad is nine years older than my mom. And I thought that mm-hmm. my mom is in better health. I can do, I want a trip with my mom yeah, later. Yeah. But unfortunately, my dad is a better help than my mom right now. I Even mm-hmm. if I want to, I couldn't do a one-on-one trip with my mom. So let me mm-hmm. go back to the trip. So I took my my dad, just me and him. So we flew to Hong Kong and then we went to China. I spent 10 days with him. Father and son go back and see his family. He left when he was 14. He didn't go back until maybe 50 years later. His father died. His mom, I think he got to see his mom, but she was blind. She, she was just touching him. So I think the second or third time when he went back, his, his, my grandmother died. So we went back. We stayed in that little village in, in, in Toysan. And then Pete still talks about it today. I still talks about it today. My son still talk about it today. So money cannot buy that. It is so powerful. So if you're listening to me, I highly encourage you to have a one-on-one trip with your loved one, where you're your son, your father, your mother. I wish I have a one-on-one trip with my mom. I wish I took my mom first because my I can still take my dad. He's need to walk, but my mom couldn't even, she couldn't be on an airplane. Yeah. Next one will be with your older son. I do hope so. Thank you, Philip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll <laughs> let you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm it's looking very forward important. to that. We spend quality yeah. time. We talk a lot, you know, talk about the, the, his, his war time, his, his, how he grew up. I share my business with him mm-hmm. and some other stuff. That always worries, right? Even though you're 40 years old, that's still treating the kid. How's your business doing? Are you making money? Can you make ends meet? Can I help you? And that kind of thing. No, I can help you then. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing yeah. good. Amazing. How did he adapt from like, I mean, it's quite a hectic story, right? Or quite a intense story, really. Like he, he, you know, he fought in Vietnam with the Americans. Then he became a prisoner of war. Then he obviously left the country and now he's had to adapt to a new uh, culture. Like, mm-hmm. wow. How is he now? A lot of the time adaptability, sometimes like, you don't have a choice, right? So my dad yeah. was in the, in the army and then he was captured, labor work for a year. He was trying to be tough. He came home and then he was like doing his business. He's chopping wood all day. That's labor work. When he got to Canada, me and him worked in the same bakery, right? The bakery, we make bread. It's super hard and I still labor work, but he's coped with it, right? So, you know, um, nothing worse than um, the year that he spent being a POW, right? So, so he's, um, he's hard, but it, has he ever gone bitter? Or is no, he, st- he, he never complained. No. He never complained. Like, like me, right? I was, I almost killed uh, multiple times in my life. I was, I was in jail for two months, 59 days. If you read my book, you probably know they released me because uh, I lie about my age and then uh, they have to release me uh, two months is a max. So after 59 days, I was released and, and being in jail is hardcore, right? And then, um, in, uh, in which country? In Vietnam. In Vietnam. 
Yeah, I was captured. I was a, pre, a, a political prisoner. I, 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 I escaped from Vietnam. Oh, by the way, if you're listening, I'm, I didn't do anything bad. I was just escaped from Vietnam. I was captured. I was jailed. I didn't do anything criminally wrong, but I did something politically wrong. So that I was, yeah. I was in jail. I live in a refugee camp for a year. So I've, I've been through a lot of hardship. So um, COVID is difficult. Don't get me wrong, but like I have worst day in my life. So I uh, wake up every day. I'm very grateful that I'm a, I'm a son, I'm a husband, I'm a father. I live in in, in, in the best country in the world, right? I have business, a lot of friends, supporting people like you, right? To help me Thank warn a lot of EO people. So I'm, I'm very grateful for my life. So um, I wish I can uh, help more people, people, a lot of people who are less fortunate than we are. So um, yeah. How, what else is there that, that you want to share maybe where I haven't gone yet or where we haven't gone yet? I think we talk a, a, a lot about father and all the stuff. And, and, and because I'm, I'm still in business, I'm still doing business. And being a dad, a lot of the time, um, I want to set an example, to set a model to people around me and my son especially. Mm -hmm. So for example, I'm a franchisor. I have a lot of franchisee. I talk to them on a regular basis. I'm at home. My son is at home. I work very hard. I work six to six, six a.m. to six p.m. Uh, five days a week. Um, I have my focus day, free day, and, and my buffer day and all that. I want to set an example to my son, right? Your dad worked very hard. He's willing to take risks. He's being very helpful. A lot of the time, whatever we do, they see it and then they copy you, right? If you work very hard, they can see, okay, like my mom worked very hard. My, my dad worked very hard. I work very hard. So my, my son see it. My franchise see it. People around me see it. So my franchise look up to me because they want to work harder than me. They want to overwork me. My son probably do too. I hope he overworked me, right? So mm -hmm. uh, one thing I want to share is, Being a dad, we are our model, right? They look up to us. They want to do, like, if you see a lot of family, they are doctors, right? Like the son is doctor, the grandson's doctor and all that, right? Same thing with yeah. attorney engineer. So I'm, I'm a mm. business person. So I hope that he doesn't have to be in business, but I want to see, I want him yeah, to, you see, want to how see them hard, succeed, of course. Yeah. yeah. The perseverance, yeah. the hard work, the resilience and all the stuff, right? You want him mm. to learn from it and not be afraid of failure, right? Like uh, I had a bookmark, Philip, and, and, and the quote on my bookmark is, are we going to die? If not, what's the issue? The story is, Philip, I have been through a lot of hardship. Many years ago, my house here got burned out, right? On Independence Day, firework, boom, the house was gone. So every mm. time I hit a wall, I look, My wife and I look at each other and I always ask her this and I ask her, are we going to die? She said, no. So my response is, what's the, what's the problem? So that's my goal. Are you going to die? If not, what's the problem? Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a powerful way to look at things. And if you can, in yeah. the situation, remind yourself of it. It's not yeah, easy. Yeah, a lot of the time we, yeah. we were so yeah. freaked out with little things. No yeah, worry. Yeah. It'll go away. If you look... 10 years ago, if you think that problem is really big back then, when you looked at today, you laugh. It's like, 
don't yeah, yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. It's, no it's kind, of, kind of like, is it gonna is it gonna matter in a hundred years, right? That's exactly. Is it gonna even matter in a month, right? Just stay yeah. calm, chill, you know, relax, be grateful, help people if you can. You know, that's what I my motto. That's what I always wanna help. You know, teach my son. I said, you know, just do anything that's good for the society. You know, uh, do good deeds. Okay. Oh, and this was super powerful for me. Thank you. This one was even better than the first one. Oh, great. I forgot Amazing. what I said the first one. So thank you so much for the opportunity. <laughs> and it's been a pleasure uh, talking to you. And uh, of course, um, always uh, uh, my website is Best in Class Education Center. And my email, if the listener want to get in touch with me, is how my first name, H-A-O, at bestinclasseducationcenter.com. Just send me an email and we can uh, chat. Yeah, and I'll also put that in the show notes for everybody who wants to find you. Awesome, awesome. And your LinkedIn, your LinkedIn link. Stay in touch, cool. uh, Philip. Thank you so much. Thank you, Hao. Appreciate it. Super. Thank you so much for listening in. I really hope you liked this session. If you did, please share this podcast. I'm sure you know someone who wants to hear this. Make no mistake, your shares are meaningful and they drive our success. So thank you for sharing. Thanks for listening in. Hope to catch you next time. Have an awesome day. Ciao.